It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle with my man Brian Baldinger. Carl Dukes, put him up. Jason Lock on for a part of this podcast as well, guys. And right now, Baldy, we are in the midst of kind of making our way to what's going to be OTAs and at some point mandatory mini camp. And we'll get some more news out there. But I just want to kind of go through these divisions and talk about some things here yeah. on today's podcast. First and foremost, though, you, my friend, were somewhere, and I want you to kind of tell our audience, because uh, Baldy does variety of work for various teams, guys. Uh, sometimes behind the scenes, you might 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 not know. Sometimes you might hear about it. But regardless, where were you and what were you doing? Well, I, I spent the day yesterday um, with the New York Jets. They got up there about 9.30 yesterday. I was up there till 3.30. So I spent about six hours in the building, and I do a lot of stuff with the Jets, but Yesterday, I was primarily doing some breakdowns. Like, th- this is the an- intent anticipation of getting Quinn and Williams signed, which it's going to happen. It's just, you know, this stuff just – there's just back and forth. And, you know, but, but anyways, they wanted to get a breakdown on Quinn. And he has, he has scrubbed, his, scrubbed his Instagram, by the way, or whatever the hell he scrubbed. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, that, that's like um, – you know, that, that's today's world. You know? Yes, like, it is. Okay, yes, so, it is. Anyways, uh, you don't even want to be tempted by putting stuff out there right now. Just – you know, like my, 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 the perfect guy, like Joe Burrow's going through this. So the best example of any contract that I've seen in recent years, Carl, was what Jalen Hurts did. Super Bowl ends on February 13th. He lose, they lose, the Eagles lose. And less than two months later, he's got the richest deal in the history of the NFL. And not one single word leaked, not one single Instagram post or tweet or anything was out there. They just got it done. Two adults, they they shook hands, they both smiled, they both liked the deal. It's the ultimate deal. Like, nobody has to know anything about it. Nobody gets to chime in. And I feel like, you know, whether it's Quinn or Joe Burrow, like, Joe doesn't want to talk about it. Like, these deals can get done, but they, you know, even Lamar, like, it just it just takes time. Yeah. You know, they're just not easy to do. So, anyways, I was up there, did something with Quinn, and then we look back at what Garrett Wilson and Sauce did last year, so I did breakdowns on all those guys. And I had a chance to sit down with Nathaniel Hackett, who I've known a long time. I played for his dad. His dad was my offensive coordinator in Dallas. And, you know, not really so much Jet-centric or Aaron Rodgers. But honestly, we talked a lot about just how difficult it is to get a young quarterback up to speed Hmm. in this business. It's important. Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, all these guys are coming in. 
the expectations are ridiculous, you know. And so he's just telling me, like, the offseason, it's so short. Like, the union said, okay, you can't really come into the building until April or whatever. And, you know, even then, you got limited contact. And, you know, there's just very little time to install, very little time to talk through situations. And so that's why, honestly, Aaron Rodgers is so far ahead of, you know, and, and why you want that veteran guy, even at age 39, like his, his, the way that he can detail his business. And so like, and, and then have those details transfer, you know, to the younger guys, to the new guys, to, you know, he was telling me, like, I, I was saying like, look, I really like your center, you know, that you drafted Joe Tipman, you know, he goes, well, I spent a lot of time with Joe, you know, in the pre-draft process, because, you know, he's like, look, Aaron, spend so much time with the center the way most quarterbacks do with their centers. And so that center's got to, he's got to have the same eyes the quarterback does, mm-hmm. whether it's a blitz look, whether we're, you know, we're switching the play from a run to a pass to get that all communicated through the center. Like he's got to, you know, he's got to be able to think on his feet and be able to handle all of his duties and make sure everybody else gets the new play or the new uh, transferring the protection or whatever it is. And so we're just talking, you know, just football, and some of the challenges, not just for the Jets, but for all teams out there, when you're breaking in these new guys, free agents coming from a different system, different terminology, you know, how are you going to word things so that everybody gets the message, nobody breaks down. Um, so it's just, it's you know, it's, it's just a reminder that this thing isn't just plug and play, you know, the way we want it to be. Like, like let's take Aaron Judge out of the Giants, you know, out of the Yankees lineup, and let's just put him in the middle of the Dodgers. And let's let the Dodgers go win. It's it's just not that simple. And so, you know, you know obviously uh, Nathaniel had a challenge in Denver. Things didn't go well. But it's not like he can't coach and doesn't know how to coach or call a play or anything else. I mean, uh, him and Aaron's got a really good relationship. They spent three years together. He, he reminded me. I So, like, just, just to add a little bit more context here, I said, Nate, like, how where are we with this RPO game? Mm. Like what, like how much of the, everybody's offense is it now? Cause we hear that run pass option. Okay. What is it? How often is it like get it called? And you hear varying things. He's like, Baldy, go back and watch Aaron's 48 touchdown season, like three years ago, MVP of the league, all thing, 48 touchdown passes. He goes a th- over a third of those touchdown passes were RPOs, you know? And so like, you know, we're talking about, okay, here's the MVP of the league. And one of the ways he got there was through just that run pass option, counting the box. Are they playing the run? Are they playing the pass? Where's that hang defender? Where can I get the ball? I mean, it's just a, a huge part right now, not just because they all run it in high school. They're all doing it in college. But now everything that is happening in high school, because the quarterbacks are going from high school, Anthony Richardson goes from school in Gainesville to college. Now he's in Indianapolis. Okay, what's James Tyken going to do? All right, well, this is what he's been doing since high school. Like, okay, let's install this. You know, let's add this to it. We'll add it as a wrinkle, you know. And it's almost to the point where even if you call a screen right now, Carl, like you got to – if that's if that back slips, if Aaron Donald tackles the back coming out of the backfield, you got to have something else. You can't just throw the ball in the dirt and say the play's over. Like you got to stack these plays now. You know, so if something doesn't work, you got this one. You got this option at least. And so, like the evolution of offense 
is and, and that's why Kansas City's so out front. They got a quarterback that can handle. They got a coach that thinks like that. They keep adding new players. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. But the the installment and how they teach it is still very, very simple. It's interesting. There's a lot there, Baldy, because one, I'm thinking about how many years in the NFL, and this is where coaching has changed, where you try to make a player do something he wasn't great at instead of allowing him to do what he's been great at and continuing to build on it, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. Jalen Hurts with the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a Houston kid, right? Yep. He was running the same offense when he got to Alabama that he was running when he was doing it in Houston. Yeah. And then he goes from there, obviously, and you know the journey. The point is, he's been great at what you're seeing right now his entire life. Yeah. They didn't yep. try to make him do something. And this is the brilliance of, of Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni. Yep. They didn't make him try to do something he wasn't great at. And, and that is what I think has changed. You come into the NFL with a skill set. Whether you're a great drop back passer, you're a great guy that can make plays and scramble and escape ability. And that is part of this. I totally, I love that about, you know, Nathaniel Hackett talking about Aaron, Aaron Rodgers that way. Cause most people don't believe Aaron's that guy. Like they would not imagine how many times he put it in the pocket, right? Of his running back, Jones, and maybe he pulled it and something was there and he was able to read it. I think we just consider him as a a drop back guy, but really that's opening up a lot of other plays. So with that, it's almost to the point now, Carl, where even if it, if you called 24 slant, like you almost have to tag it with a pass because if something's there and they got some safety rotation and you can catch them in it and you got a quarterback that sees it. Yeah. The way Aaron sees it and other guys, not just Aaron, but I mean, other guys see it, you know, you can, you know, like there's a signal there, like, look, it's not an RPO, but there's a pass here and there's a lane there. Let's get it. Let's take the six yards. Let's take the six yards and keep moving. That's that. And then, so he's like, you know, like we're, look, we're in a fantasy league world. Okay. Right. Right. And so, you know, uh, I was just talking about Amon Ross St. Brown last night on NFL network and he caught 106 passes last year. I mean, he had a breakout season. Really good player. Put him in a lot of different spots. From He's the Lions. From the number Lions. one receiver. Right? Lions. So everybody wants to catch 106 passes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> everybody does, right? So, you know, what What Nathaniel was telling me yesterday, was like, yeah, guys come back to the huddle. I'm open. I was open. Why, why didn't you get me? And it's like, it's not about you being open. It's about creating the opening, okay, for this to happen. So, 
like teaching the concepts of what you've got to do on this play. You got to take this outside release because if this corner turns and runs, this crosser is going to open. Like yo, know, just these concepts, West Coast offense concepts, which is so much predicated going back to the Bill Walsh days of just spacing. And the spacing is the most important because you really want the defense to defend sideline to sideline. That's really what the RPO game is all about. We, we've got the outside zone stretch, which is stretching you to the sideline. And you've got to set the edge. You've got to not let them turn the corner. But then we have this RPO over here, and you're basically taking the defense and just stretching them across the field. So, like, I, I feel like we all need – to sort of get into offense one-on-one these days, Carl. Me, yeah. you, yes. like fans, you know, the you know, the people that are right and cover this sport. Like, there's so much more than what – and I, I'm not knocking I, – I did TV and did the analysis at Fox for 13 years. Like, whether it's Troy or Chris or whoever's doing a game, Tony, like, you got 12 seconds to tell you what happened on the play. It's just – there's it's hard. just – It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It. It's hard to show it. Yeah. And I feel like if we all got like a little bit of some of the challenges that are out there for any team, Jordan Love right now in Green Bay, some of the challenges that are out there, um, we, we'd all have a little bit maybe more patience with, you know, the results some Sundays. I, I wish I had uh, the soundbite that I'm about to talk about because this is this goes exactly to what you're saying and and then i'm going to tell you about a, a session i had with, with kyle shanahan it's carl dukes brian baldinger guys it's in the huddle subscribe every tuesday and thursday uh we put out new episodes and we appreciate all the love this this podcast is doing great and we it's all about you guys watching and checking us out and being involved and being interested in the nfl so arthur smith just talked about what you just said and he went in detail so much, Baldy, that if you weren't a football head, yeah. like the, I just think the average media person who heard his soundbite and what the question was, was basically, you know, with the B. John Robinson pick, he's getting a lot of heat about what how, what this offense is going to look like, right? Right. So he goes into 22 personnel, red zone. Here's what I'm trying to do. like, And he's describing to you in football terms – this is what I want to do. And I think it went over a lot of people's head, but it was like an epiphany for me because I'm like, oh, I see where you're trying to go with this. And he's yeah. talking about, you know, um, put maybe having two tight ends, potentially having pits in the slot. And he's talking about all this stuff, but he's saying, I'm giving the defense, the defense 10 things to defend. They can't defend it all. And now it's left up to my guys to read where they need to go with the football. But if you don't have those options with the players on the field, Kansas City does this, right? They, he started talking about it. And I just thought it was interesting because it's easy to say, well, you drafted a running back and you're going to hand the ball off to him. That's like old school thinking. And he was trying to say, we are now in po positionless football. We are now in positionless football. I should be able to put any one of my athletes anywhere on the field and have them affect the game plan and more no importantly, doubt. the play calling. Yep. And if you see it that way, then it's going to change your mindset about, well, why are they putting that guy out there? You know, we always question because we think about running backs, tight ends, wide receivers. And he's like, all these guys just put put zero numbers on them and just let me line them up and we run a play. You're not going to be able to defend it because you've got too many options and things that you've got to get, get covered. Well, the, the, the term positionless, it really – 
started with the Golden State Warriors. Like they played positionless basketball. They didn't have a five. They didn't have a you know a three. Yeah. They didn't have a point. Like everybody handled it. Everybody was in some level of rotation. It was positionless. And then you started seeing that word, that phrase creep into the NFL. And so I'm going to go back and listen to the soundbite. That, that it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Because what 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 I saw from Bijan and why one of the reasons why he was so coveted. I remember I was sitting down in the film room with Ladanian Tomlinson um, one day watching him. He 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 ex- like he exhorted him, you know, as an elite player prospect. And one of the reasons was because of his receiving skills. Like he catches the ball like a wide receiver, but he doesn't run running back routes. He runs wide receiver routes. He runs deep routes. He runs the attack safeties. And so really in Arthur's mind, he's saying, all right, yeah, we drafted this running back, but Bijan is going to be running, you know, these like these post-dig combinations, you know, out of the backfield or these seam routes from the slot. And I want to see who can run with them and what it does to Drake and to Pitts and to, you know, to Cordero. You know, when we put these five positionless athletes right on the field together, like yes. I can't wait to see this thing unfold. I know I'm not going to see it in preseason, but I can't wait to see. They, they open up with Carolina. I can't wait to see this unfold, you know, week one. Like I believe, like the Atlanta Falcons have been seven and 10 each of the last two years, but they have the easiest schedule in the league. And if, if you look at the schedule, you could say Detroit and Jacksonville might be their two toughest opponents. Now they, you know, like, I don't know if they're going to be good or not. I don't know, but just on paper, if you look at the quarterbacks they are playing against in Tampa, Carolina, like you're talking about, you know, new young guys, whatever. So anyways, I know we're going to talk about these, but like Arthur Smith, like this thing (laughs) could break out this year. No, it's all good. I mean, we'll get to, we're going to go through each division, AFC East, North. We're going to ask a question or two and, and we'll break it down. But when you said you sat down with Nathaniel Hackett, I just I think it's fascinating. And it's something that I don't think most of our our viewers, Baldy, will never get a chance to do is sit down with an offensive coordinator and say, what are you trying to do? So real quick, Shanahan, I had a chance to visit with him. Obviously, his father, you you know, the history and, and mm-hmm. Kyle's been around this his whole life. Mm-hmm. And it's what what I love about Kyle is there are guys in this business that just run plays and, and call plays. Kyle's thinking about the third quarter, five minutes to play, and where I, what play I'm going to uh, call to get you, you know, in, in a position where we're going to either score or maybe it's a game-changing play. He's setting you up. And I said, well, what, what are you ultimately trying to do? And talking about those stretch plays, this made me laugh. So he said, uh, well, you know, we run these, these stretch plays. And he's done it everywhere he's been, right? Mm-hmm. Running back, they're just trying to – and you're looking for these cutback lanes. But he said, you know, really, Carl, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get these fat guys to run. Right. Sideline to sideline, sideline to sideline. And he says, eventually what happens is I get you running, 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 and then play action. And you guys, everybody's running. And then we've got a wide open Kittle. And how many times have you seen that? Right. And it's like, he says, so I'm just from the run game. We're just stretching you and making you run. And we're trying to get the fat guys tired up front. And if they shut us down, great. We've got other options, but I just thought it was interesting. Like to your point about these concepts, it's not always about you being open. It's about what we're trying to do to set up something else. So the way I like what Kyle said is, is absolutely true, but I'll put it in a different way. It's like what Kyle's seeing and why he can set something up in the third quarter from the first quarter. 
So what you're doing with a lot of these plays is you're establishing patterns. And your preparation is, is, is how does this team react to patterns? So it could be stretch, but it could be other plays too. Like sure. how do they respond to this movement? How do they respond to this pattern? And then once you anticipate and you know, and this is the, the, the trick to, to Kyle and others, but once you know how they respond to the pattern, then you break the pattern. And that's your, that's your play action, your misdirection, okay? Get them to, to just bite, bite, bite on this pattern to play it, to overplay it, and then come back and use that against them and come back the other side. And so that's the trick is can you anticipate – Mike McDaniel was excellent at this too. Mm. Can you anticipate how they are going to react? Like I'll never forget Carolina with Ron Rivera went out to play Kyle in San Francisco like three, three four years ago. Luke Keekley was – the predominant middle linebacker of football at the time. And he was a guy, a, a savant when it came to film study and reading. So in the day, um, the 49ers ran for like 250 yards. And there were some plays where literally Luke Keekley didn't, didn't get touched. He didn't get blocked. The pattern blocked him. He took himself out of the play. Oh. And, it, and you could see, and Luke was very, um, he, he was very emotional on the field. Like he would let his emotions show during the play. Like he's shaking his head, throwing his arms up. <laughs> in some ways, I, I, broke the, I, I broke it down. I, I broke what they did down in, in a breakdown and I put it out there. And it's interesting. Like I get a call from Ron Rivera, probably like Wednesday. So he goes, look, Baldy, I'm just checking in here. My wife made me watch this video of yours. <laughs> But maybe it was after the season. Maybe it wasn't that week. Maybe it was after the season. Yeah. I, I, I forget the time. But anyways, his wife says, Ron, look what Baldy did here. So Ron says, look, Baldy, like I'm a gap defense. Like the stuff they did to us should never happen to us. But obviously it did. And it's the reason why we lost. And I, if, 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 you, if you have time, I want you to come and show me what you saw. Because, like, and so, like, coaches are, you know, when they get beat like that, they look at themselves. They're not like, they might be telling their players you're not in the right gap, but the coaches look at themselves going, I got beat. I got beat by Kyle and his scheme yes. that day. You know, like, that was, that's on me. But now, and then to, to Ron's credit, what can I do to get better? I don't even ask Baldy. Like, I know he's not in San Francisco, but he's seeing some things that they're doing. Maybe I can learn from that. So it's, it's kind of like a big think tank, you know, when, when something happens to a team or a coach and it doesn't look good and the coach has to like, you know, he's got to put it himself in a mirror and go, what, what am I going to do to make sure this doesn't happen again? Interesting stuff. 